Good morning, lovely people. How are we all doing? Isn't it great to be in God's house this morning? Uh, if you were here last week, you'll know that Lance started a new series that we've called Kingdom uh, Living. And uh, if you remember, last week he talked about the gospel of the kingdom. Lance talked about God's rule and reign in our lives. He talked about how, because of Jesus and what he modeled to us, there should be the, the proclamation and the demonstration of the good news of the gospel in our lives. And we heard stories, didn't we? Gospel proclamation and demonstration. We heard how people's uh, lives had been completely changed, how people had met Jesus. They were, were saved literally this last week. And didn't we hear a beautiful story about how someone was healed of anorexia in our church? Isn't that amazing? We just praise God. Should we give Jesus a hand for what he's doing in this church? It's amazing. In Jesus' life, we see that he talked about the kingdom and he showed the kingdom. And our invitation as apprentices of Jesus is to do the same. I would argue, actually, that Coastline Vineyard Church is a training center for equipping all of us to authentically live the kingdom life. What do you say about that? But in order to authentically live the kingdom life, we must understand kingdom theology. And what I want to talk about very briefly this morning is kingdom theology and a term that we call the now and the not yet. It's another one of our vineyard key distinctives. And I would argue it's one of the most important things we need to understand in order to really live the kingdom life. Now, when I got saved, I understood that miracles were possible, because for me, the greatest one had already happened. I met Jesus. I was delivered from a drug addiction, a life of darkness. I experienced freedom in my life like I had never known. I was free from sin. I was made right with God. I encountered his love and his peace and his power. It's almost indescribable. Quickly after I was saved, I remember being in a meeting, and there was a guy there who had had a terrible car crash, and he had this neck brace around his neck. And we prayed for this guy, and he was supernaturally healed. He took the thing off and ran around the building. Yeah. Praise God. Many of you will know that in my early walk with Jesus, we did a lot of work with addicts and alcoholics. I saw demons come out of people, uh, both people in recovery and people caught up in addiction. I saw countless people saved through prayer and discipleship, through proclamation and demonstration. My wonderful wife was delivered from bulimia and anorexia. She was. And I remember fasting and praying at least once a week for her and for her salvation for over a year. And since the time that God has set us free, we've seen God move in incredible ways. We've seen people saved. We've seen people delivered. We've seen people healed over and over again. My conviction is, church, that nothing is impossible with God. The thing is that over the years that I have been praying for people, um, so take this. 
Over the years, I've prayed for many people suffering from migraines, and they've gone in Jesus' name. I've prayed for individuals who have got back problems, and they've been healed in Jesus' name. Yet at the same time, I from time to time still suffer from migraines and have a back problem. I've prayed for myself, of course, and loads of people over the years have prayed for me around this stuff, but seemingly I'm not yet healed. I've seen some of the most prolific criminals uh, uh, who have been involved in all kinds of bad stuff, in, in, like locked in darkness for, for, for decade upon decade, and I've prayed for them, and they've come to faith in Jesus. And yet I've seen godly Christians who've devoted their whole life in serving Jesus die of cancer and other diseases. Some of you will know this very year in January, I was involved in an incident on the A31, and I was praying for a man who was in a terrible state. I was praying for a miracle. I was praying for healing, and he sadly died in the most horrific way in front of my eyes. What do we do with both of these extremes? They're all wrapped up in our human experience and our relationship with God. Because we love the miracles, don't we, church? Yeah? But what happens when people don't get healed? What do we say when we don't see what we had hoped and prayed for? If you were here last week, there were some beautiful kingdom things happening here in our thing that we call ministry time at the end of the message. There was people up here. The Holy Spirit was moving amongst us. And some people were getting healed. Some people were getting set free. But maybe for some of you here today who responded last week, nothing seemed to change. What I want to say at the beginning of this morning is that God is present in the miracles, but he's also present in the morning. There are times when we experience his power and his kingdom breakthrough, and there are times where we are brought to our knees praying for peace and comfort. What is this all about? There you go, Lance. I did it at the bottom for you, mate. What are we supposed to do with this tension in, when, in, in what we call living the kingdom life? Why, when do we pray for some people, do they get healed? And when we pray for others, nothing seems to happen. See, as we look at the life of Jesus, we see that he answered these kinds of questions in a few different ways. See, when it came to the kingdom and when it came to experiencing breakthrough, at times Jesus would say, and he did, didn't he? Clearly he said, the kingdom of God is here. It's in our midst, Luke 17, uh, 21. The kingdom of God is near, Mark 1, 15. The kingdom of God is here, Matthew 4, 17. In fact, it said, from that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. He said the kingdom of God is within reach. But he also said that we should experience trials and tribulation and suffering and sadly, heartbreak. As we read through the gospel there's, the, there's this tension that we need to explore and we need to grapple with. 
And to be super clear, I want to state right at the beginning here that the teachings of Jesus, without a doubt, say that our kingdom reality is now. Jesus clearly stated that the kingdom was here. It's within reach, that salvation isn't just something for the afterlife, or or heaven is just something where we go after we die. We, Coastline Vineyard Church, can pray with authority for heaven to come to earth now. We can pray for the kingdom of heaven, which is the kingdom of God, to break into any moment of any day. Do you know that today, church? Luke 10, 9 says, Behold, I have given you, you, me, authority to tread on scorpions, uh, serpents and scorpions and overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall hurt you. Matthew 10, 7 to 8 says, As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Church, heal the sick. Raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, and drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Jesus is like, tell the world that the kingdom of God is near. Proclaim the kingdom, demonstrate the kingdom. It's now, it's reachable, it's tangible. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, and drive out demons demons. In fact, in in explaining the kingdom of God to his disciples, Jesus in John 14, 12, he said this. He said, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. Think about that for a second. Jesus is saying here, that we, his apprentices, will do even greater things than these. Greater than proclaiming the gospel, healing the sick, raising the dead. Even greater things than these. You can give a whoop for that. That's our promise, church. That's our calling. Jesus said the kingdom is now. The kingdom is here. The kingdom is within reach. But Jesus also said, that the kingdom is in the future, that it is not yet. He said that our kingdom reality is now, but he also taught that our kingdom reality is not yet. It's not fully arrived. Jesus said that the kingdom would also be coming in the future. Revelation 21.4, we see this future kingdom, and I know loads of you know this, But it says this, it says, he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old things have passed away. It doesn't take any of us here any moment to think about this passage and say, do you know what? That's not my reality. And as I look around the world, that's not the kingdom that we're currently living in, is it? We look at Matthew 24 and 25, Jesus talks about end times and the things to come. In those passages, he often says things like, when the king returns, or in the days ahead, or when I return in all of my glory. All these were future words. They were future things that were coming in the future. 
See, the kingdom now looks like us doing what Jesus did. To repeat what Lance said last week, and what the Bible says is that the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead lives in you. It lives in me. We're to pray for the sick, feed the hungry, show dignity to the poor. We're to show kindness and mercy to to addicts and working girls and all of those who have been outcast from our society. We're to show compassion to beggars and thieves and drunkards. We're to rend the heavens and bring the kingdom. We're to bring Jesus' gospel revolution into the hurting hearts of our world. This is the now of the kingdom. And we get to be part of the kingdom of God breaking into the kingdom of this world. And the ruler of the kingdom of this world is the enemy. And we carry the kingdom of God in us, and it wants to break out of us to push back darkness and undo all the works of the evil one. This is the now of the kingdom. Are you up for it? But we must also hold intention the not yet of the kingdom. And whilst the kingdom of God broke into the world through Jesus first and continues to break into the world through his church, we all still experience pain and suffering and difficulty and loss and sin. The Revelation 21 passage has not yet come to pass, but it will be fulfilled in the future. Through Jesus, God ushered in the kingdom on earth, but he will consummate it in the future. So in practical terms, this means that we do the kingdom stuff. We heal the sick. We pray for people. It's a hallmark of being a vineyard people. And the thing is, some people, when we pray for them, will be healed, and others will not. We must pray in faith confidently for healing for others and entrust the results to God. There is a tension that exists in the now and the not yet of the kingdom. But we're called to lay hands on people and pray for their healing. We see it all the way through the New Testament. To mention one verse, Acts 6.6 says, They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid hands on them. Over and over in the New Testament, we see people laying on of hands and the kingdom of God breaking in, and people get healed. We're called to do the work of compassion and help to restore the poor. Every time we step out in faith, in proclamation or demonstration, we deposit love in those that we engage with, and we take ground back from the devil. He who's in me is greater than he who's in the world. Do you know that, church? We don't need to be in fear of what's going on. We need to take authority in Jesus' name. In the Christian world, we definitely have people that I would say are in dangerous theological territory around this subject. What do I mean by that? Well, some people explain the kingdom of God by using the word or. Now, or not yet. Some people sit in the camp of the kingdom is now or it is either not 
yet, either or, can lead us down a theological hole that can make the gospel seem watered down and lack power, and definitely doesn't help us in any way when we're going through stuff and we want some kind of relief or hope or breakthrough now in moments of pain and desperation. Whilst at the same time, if people sit in the camp that the kingdom is only not yet, then we can end up going down a road of prosperity gospel or some kind of faith movement where if we just muster up enough points with God, we have enough faith, then somehow he'll release a miracle to us. Both of these stances, I believe, are dangerous. Our conviction as a vineyard, I believe is correct theology, is the word and. And when we're talking about the kingdom of God, it's not now or not yet. It's the now and the not yet. We need to embrace the radical middle. There's a picture that's going to come up on screen that will help us. You see, we need to embrace this tension of the now and the not yet of the kingdom. Jesus came and declared that with his arrival, the kingdom had begun. You see this kind of uh, old creation and Jesus coming new creation and the two spheres, they're slightly across and we live in the middle. We live in the tension in between. He will return one day and bring his kingdom fully and make all things right. He will wipe every tear from our eye, eliminate all pain, eradicate sin and Satan and death forever. But Jesus' first coming and his anticipated second coming, we live in the tension in between where we experience miracles, but yet we still mourn. Fuller Seminary Dr. Mark Roberts explained the now and the not yet like this. Jesus proclaimed the kingdom of God as something present in his ministry and also as something that was still to come in greater fullness and glory. Thus, the kingdom is not either present or future, but both present and future. It is the already and the not yet kingdom. It's already here and yet not fully here. Let me try and explain this tension in a word picture for you. It might have been better me sharing this next week, but this is prompting you for next week. World War II, okay? Allied forces, some 150,000 troops, invaded Europe on June the 6th, 1944. D-Day. They stormed the beaches of Normandy, and it was a brutal battle with all kinds of strategy and power and crazy heroic stories. Some 4,000 people lost their lives that day. But this uh, invasion led to incredible breakthrough on the European front. And by claiming that victory on the battlefield, most historians would say that this was the beginning of the end. That the victory at D-Day ushered in a new reality in Europe. Now look, there was still lots of work to be done. D-Day is not the same as VE Day or victory in Europe. But there were all kinds of battles that still needed to be fought. Many cities needed to be liberated. And sadly, more lives would be lost. But between D-Day and VE Day, 
there was incredible progress in Europe. It was transforming back to its former glory. People were experiencing freedom again, freedom that they had lost years before. And if you apply that word picture to our context today, then D-Day is Jesus' first coming, and V-Day would be his return. And we're somewhere living in between these two realities. Now look, when Jesus hung on the cross, he said, it is finished. His death on the cross completely forgives us. It wipes away the power of sin and the penalty of sin in our lives. And one day, the presence of sin altogether. But the experience of victory, full victory, is, not, is, is yet to be fully realized. We need to have a faith that is, 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 is grounded in the tension of the now and the not yet. We need to see both sides of this theological tension. Look, I crave more moments of kingdom breakthrough in my life as I pray for others. I'm sure you do as well. I want to see more kingdom breakthrough in this church and when we pray for people as we go from this place. And at the same time, I want my faith to rest in the promise of a greater future world to come. A future where Jesus returns and makes all things right. Because of this tension, my hope is that we would all learn to pray, to experience the fullness of the now and the not yet. That we would experience the power of God. And that even in our temporary struggles, the things that we're going through here on earth, that it wouldn't draw us off track from living the kingdom life and following Jesus. Jesus will return one day. He will wipe every tear. He will heal every disease. He will set us free completely, even from death. So look, if you're here today, and you're someone who is suffering in some way, I want to tell you the kingdom of God is here. Please pray for healing. Receive prayer for healing, even if you had to come forward every single week. But in the light of the now and the not yet, I also want to say to you, seek help. Maybe you need to go to your doctor. Maybe you need to get some medical support. Maybe you're grieving. Maybe you need some help with bereavement. Maybe you're suffering mentally. We live in the time in between. Get help. Maybe you've got an addiction. Maybe you need some counseling or coaching. There are lots of incredible people in this church that would encourage you and want you to seek help. Look, some people that I've prayed for, it's taken over a decade for them to see their healing. And for others, it's not yet. I've not yet seen them healed. As I close this morning, I want you to know that I've prayed and asked God to give us, Coastline Vineyard, a fresh experience of his power. I've been praying that God would give us kingdom breakthroughs, that we would experience his love and his presence and his healing and his miracles in a profound way. We're starting to see that, right? We're starting to see that in the stories that are coming back. And you know, 
We're believing for revival. In fact, our Sunday evening gathering, which is happening this evening, is so we can spend extended times in worship in the presence of God, asking God that his kingdom would come in power in a greater way, hoping and asking that we would be ready for what the Lord is about to do. I also pray that God would give us patience and grace and empathy when we don't experience breakthrough in a certain area. I pray that Jesus would be close to us, that we would know him in the challenges. One of the hardest things to hear when you're experiencing deep pain is, well, if you have more faith, then maybe God would come through for you. Look, if that's been your experience, I want to apologize. Because that's not how we love people in this church I've been praying for us as a people that we would have boldness to pray for other people and that we would trust the outcome to God. I pray that we would never lose heart whatever happens as we step out and we pray for others. Because remember, church, Jesus moves in unseen ways. Even when we don't don't see breakthrough in the physical, he's still transforming all things. Is he not? Now, Many of you may know Ellie Mumford. Ellie Mumford used to be the national director, along with her husband, John, of the Vineyard Movement. They are now the international directors of the Vineyard Movement. They look uh, look after all of the uh, leaders of the different nations that have vineyard churches in them, and there are lots of them. And uh, Ellie's lovely, but she, uh, there's a very short clip, we're going to watch two minutes, and she explains what I've just been talking about way better than I could explain it, and she's super lovely. So why don't we listen to Ellie? Wagner wrote some years ago, the vineyard is first and foremost a kingdom of God movement. It is the central theological motif that directs all our life and practice. It was rediscovered through the theological acumen of George Ladd, you might say, and then it was combined with the wonderful pragmatism of John Wimber. And we have found it to be something to be lived, not just a proposition to be believed. We find that it offers explanation as well as experience. And for that, it's very satisfying, very, very pleasing. It provides a theology that is consistent with our experience of the Holy Spirit and a vehicle for the meaningful expression of his gifts. The kingdom of God keeps us orthodox and it protects us from error. And we hang on to that. Historically, the church, of course, has lurched sometimes from one end of a spectrum to another. The theology of the kingdom saves us from the resignation and the sense of defeat that comes from cessationism. People who say God never heals today and God never works miracles. It all died out at the end of the book of Acts. What a shame. It saves us from secessionism. It saves us too from the sort of triumphalism that would say God always works miracles if only you would believe it, if only your faith were greater. And if you're not healed, it's your fault. It's a terrible thing to put on a person, a terrible, intolerable burden which we were never designed to bear. And that poor person you prayed for leaves your place feeling guilty as well as ghastly. It's no good. But the theology of the kingdom, the now and the not yet, keeps us on the straight. And so we have a theology that empowers people to do what Jesus said to do, but supports us through difficulty too. Well done, Ellie. Yeah, we give her a round of applause. 
So to close very briefly, I just want us to look at Jesus' prayer, or you could call it the kingdom prayer. Jesus taught us to pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let that be the prayer of this church. That his kingdom would come. That his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let your kingdom come to this church, God, as it is in heaven. Let your kingdom come into our lives, God, as it is in heaven. Right here, right now. Yours, Jesus, is the power and the glory forever and ever. And the people of God said, Amen. Amen. God bless you.